Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. Operations <laughs> never been my strong suit. So. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everyone. Thanks, thanks again for stopping by the Exit Way Roundtable. We got Andrew Cross with us today. Andrew, how's it going today? It is going well. Thank you. Good. Well, we were talking a little bit of coming in, and and uh, you know, uh, we we have these often, and and we we like to do them, and uh, but preparation is not our strong suit in these sometimes. So we're going to talk a bit today about selling a business because we know this is something that uh, business owners will deal with if they if this is what they want to do, and it is probably one of the hardest things they're going to do with their business if they <laughs> haven't done it before. Um, so, you know, Andrew, you're, you, uh, have been doing this for a while and, and seen a lot of them come and go and, and some successfully and some unsuccessfully. So the, the first thing that always baffled me when we, when we started working together was the fact that only about how many, what percentage of businesses actually sell? One in five, probably. One. There you go. One in five. So 20%, whatever that is, but one in five. That's that's not a heck of a lot. That's not good odds. It, it makes no sense. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. Um, why? Why is it so hard to sell a business? And, yeah. and it, it, it shouldn't be. Um, but a lot of it is has to do with the that there isn't a lot of information. Um, on how to sell a business because these are private companies, privately held transactions. And, um, you know, so whenever you don't have information available to you, you can't get comfortable with the risks that's involved in buying a business. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. So, um, and again, we, we don't like to say, Hey, you know, compare it to buying real estate or buying your home, but it is similar in a way. And they, um, the, but the process uh, for buying a home is much more organized and it, it's yeah. really catered towards protecting um, the consumer or the home buyer. And it isn't like that in business sales because there's no information about it. You don't know, you know, you know, people don't really understand. There's no information about what true value is, what market value is. You know, and you know how you get a return on it, and who represents who um, in the transaction. So it's just um, you're really there. You know, you've got to just fend for yourself, and yeah. uh, it's difficult to do. Um, yeah, but it's a good point because it is. It is. There's very there's some information online you can get about about it, obviously, and those kind of things. But when it comes down into the gritty details of what you've got to prepare to sell a business. Most business owners aren't prepared for that. Yeah, that, that, that's correct. And, you know, it doesn't make it a bad business. No, no, it doesn't. You have plenty of businesses that don't sell either. But yes. what do sell are really are great businesses. And, um, and 
uh, you know, it's a market. It's a strong market, and the buyers want to go in there. They all, you know, they they're spending a huge amount of money. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of risks they're taking on, and um, you know, they want to buy great companies, not just good companies. So it has to be even better than that. So all the stars have to align. Yeah, in order to make it happen, and um, you know, uh, you can, and a lot of it, the, the stars just don't align. You can make yeah. them align. That's how you get a business sold. Yeah. Yeah. The thing, yeah. the thing that's really, really interesting to me in going through the transactions and stuff as we have is that when you're going through the negotiations to come to price or details on a deal, it is exhausting. It is to say the least. It is exhausting. And, and really, even for us being people that are just helping them through it, we're not the ones that are sitting there going to get millions of dollars into their account if this is done. It's exhausting to us, but to the business mm -hmm. owners, it's it just absolutely mind-blowing, drive them crazy kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I just that that I can I can't emphasize enough is that that negotiation part of it through the details and, and get down to the end the, to the 11th hour, it's 1130 and, mm -hmm. you know, and it needs to be done by 12 and somebody decides, no, mm -hmm. you know, it just happens like this. And that is, that is why I think nobody's really prepared for it. Yeah. It, 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 we call that deal fatigue. Um, yeah. And you know, the process, once you start, you know, once you put your business on the market and that doesn't include all the time, that it takes to get ready and prepare and package your your opportunity that you're going to put on the market. Just from the day you go on the market, it takes most most likely you're in it for a year before you you're closing, and then you're going to be around more than likely several months or even years after um, supporting the transition. Not often years, but uh, but but certainly months after. Um, yeah, consultative fashion and. It, it is not not quick by any means because selling a business is I mean on the you know I think the fastest one we've done recently was 120 150 days something like that so that's four or five months and that was super fast cash mm -hmm. kind of thing you know smaller business where somebody can go ahead and stroke a check but but mm -hmm. anything that has bank funding you just added 90 days onto it without even thinking yeah. uh, just because of the bank timing if you're lucky yeah. yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah, I mean, and this is the other thing that's happening now too. Is it's a disorganized market. Um, it's difficult to navigate through that, um, and COVID has made it worse. Yeah, it's even more disorganized. Not that there aren't deals getting done. COVID is not. You know, people aren't pulling back. I uh, see a lot of buy activity, but it's even. You know, there's a lot more questions that need to be answered. Um, yeah, and a lot more disarray, and, and it's harder to find your way through. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, going through a deal um, and you get the buyers and the offers in like that, um, it is a it's a time consuming, emotional and, you know, uh, emotionally draining and, 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 and difficult process. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and at the same time, you can't stop running your business. So, you know, and, and, and that in itself. Yeah. Is difficult and time consuming and emotional. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So just doubling down on it on, on these things and it's it's hard so yeah i think you hit one of the hardest things for a business owner other than the pure volume of information they've got to turn over and and you know you get that that first one we'll talk about a little bit more in the preparation but 
running a business while somebody while you're you know a buyer a good buyer comes in you know we're discussing it with the business owner he's got to prepare some additional information you know always we're always asking for updated financials every month they got to make sure that their financial performance doesn't fall off because that can you know put a deal in the toilet and and like you said, it's just that's on top of the normal running of a business, which are already pretty, pretty, you know, full bore on. It, it is a difficult thing to do. Well, I, I'll tell you what it's like. Uh, <laughs> the, the process is um, if you're ready, you're ready. You know, and, yes. and I, I haven't come across one uh, one client who's 100 percent ready. They all need to get, you know, go back and do some house cleaning to get ready varying degrees but it's like an audit it's just like an irs audit yes you know and and if you you know it's the same kind of stress it's the you know you're gonna have to go in if you can't get through an irs audit if they pick up the phone and say they're auditing you tomorrow they don't care if you're busy they don't care yeah. if you're in you're 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 gonna you know write some checks and you're gonna get people in there to to get answers that they need and, and get through that. If you couldn't get through an IRS audit, then you're not going to get your company sold to it. That's because you need to have all the everything needs to line up because the buyers are going to look at it even closer probably than an IRS auditor. <laughs> They're going to yeah. you know buy, look at everything, um, and and the problem is there's information there that like I said, it doesn't make it a bad business, but they don't the, the business owner has been doesn't care about it. You know, yes. it doesn't need that information, but the buyers need that information. The banks need that information. They're also a stakeholder. Banks yes. are, they are taking an interest in, in the business, you know, just by underwriting it. And, you know, they, they are, they're tough cookies to make yeah. sure to get them comfortable um, takes a lot. They're, you know, they, you know, when they ask you how you did last month, and you you can't answer that question because you don't maybe even look at your PL until quarterly and then see how you did. It's not going to work. Yeah, you know, you've got to know. <laughs> you've got to be able to answer those questions. You should. In an ideal world, you should be able to answer those questions. Anyways, if you're on top of your business. Yes, and when you start to you you mentioned the the information that a buyer may look at when you're. Um, selling your business that so you never would. And, and I still, that, that to me, after doing as much as we have, I still am amazed at that because a buyer is going to come in, they're going to ask you about customer concentration. They're going to ask you about how much of your market you, you, you are and, and things like that, which you customer concentration. Yeah, it's there, but I can, you may think about it in passing, but it's not, your your focus when you get a customer and they go oh my customer grows really nice you go oh that would suck if they leave but it's you're not thinking of it in the way is that well that just maybe prevented me from selling my business because yeah. it really will customer yeah. concentration will stop you from selling your business yeah it's 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 a lot of risk for a buyer to take on now you, you know as a seller you're the business owner you, you've already taken that risk and, oh yeah you know, the answer is sure. You know, I've got one customer who's eighty percent of my business, and he's been my customer for fifteen years. You know, and that's fine. You know, uh, but will he remain being a customer too? And also, what are you risking? The, the seller's risk is different than the buyer's risk. You know, so yes. the seller is is isn't leveraging himself. He's already got his business paid for. It's all just cash coming. If he loses it, he just doesn't lose his potential future income. 
but the buyer is you know, going to get a, a, a multi-million dollar loan over 10 years. And if he loses yeah. that customer, then it's more than bankruptcy. <laughs> it's big you, trouble. You brought, you brought up a great point that I think that business sellers really need to think about uh, when they are selling their business. And that is the buyer coming in and the amount of debt that that buyer is going to take on. Um, in, in regards to their overall wealth, in regards to just the number itself and everything, because you hit what I think most sellers don't understand that if that customer goes away to them today, it goes away and yes, they lose the income from that, but they still have their business. They still have their business and everything. Mm -hmm. They don't have their business plus that multi-million dollar loan where they're paying $100,000 a month or whatever the monthly payments are on that. Plus, if they're in, in an equity type buyer, the investor money that they've just lost because of that. This is a this is a much bigger deal for those buyers. Yeah, and it's it, that, it, to really understand it that if a the seller and when we work with the sellers too, we try to, you got to be a little empathetic. You got to put yourself in the seller, in the buyer's shoes. Then you can really kind of see what's going on. And you know, uh, would you do this <laughs> if you were on the other side of the table? Would you, yeah. you know, I mean, and it is, everything's risk. You know, it's all about risk, but you're not, you know, and it, that's another reason it makes it hard to get a deal done. You know, obviously there's a lot of risk to it, but it happens every day. Everybody, you know, the, the yeah. people who successfully sell their businesses, they will take on that risk. There are no perfect uh, no. business or opportunities. You can find a thousand reasons not to do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, you know, but we're entrepreneurs. So, you know, we have a different threshold for risk, but we gotta, if you understand that and you can build a company that mitigates that risk um, or at least build the company. And that's what we do here with exit your way is to position yeah. a company that mitigate, you know, that is addressing the, the risk for that buyer. Then um, a, you're going to get more money in, you know, and the transaction's going to happen. Yes. You won't be one of the one in the five. Yeah, exactly. It's it's you won't be one of the the four that didn't get told if you if you uh, get your get your house in order as as when we help businesses. I mean, we, through this process and through the exit your way process, when we're actually helping them grow their value and prepare the business before we sell them, you mm -hmm. know, it is it is all about the buyer. Mm -hmm. It is about the buyer. Yeah, we want the owner to make more money today, and we help them do that when we grow the sales and the value and, and that and get their team working much better. But that is all to create the end result, which is a, a, a sale of that business that gives that buyer the amount of money they need. What they want. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, it, it, is, it is interesting though, when you go back and you, you start back at the beginning of this process and, and we begin and sit down and talk with the seller of a business, they're often really surprised at the value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then, Go ahead. They certainly are. And I, I get, it's really one of the reasons that a business doesn't get sold. Is, yeah. uh, um, you know, it's, again, we try to say, you know, put yourself on the other side of the table. Would you spend that money on this? How much cash is available to support this purchase price? You know, think about it from their shoes. Um, and then where's the risk? You know, uh, the risk factors, how do they affect that future cash flow too? So, you know, it's, it's so important to understand that, um, you know, but, and, uh, you know, here's a perfect example. The other one is I've got, I've had 
clients who go, I'm not, I'm selling, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to sell our finance. I'm not going to do a bank loan. It's either all cash or forget it. And that you become one of the four out of five that don't sell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it happens. The cash sales are so rare, uh, but yeah. it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to spend all cash. If you can get financing as cheap as it is today, yeah. so you might as well just deal in reality and prepare your business for, you know, uh, you know, to be financed by the yeah. better. So it's, and again, you know, you're in business, you've probably been to a bank and asked them for a loan. Yeah. And, you know, so consider selling your business the same process, going to the bank and buying a loan. They aren't just going to write you a check. Yeah. <laughs> Here's an application. Let's have a look at your assets. Yeah. Let's have a look at your tax returns. But, you know, let's look at, you know, if you have inventory, what's the collateral? And then, you know, let's get some uh, third party valuators out there to, you know, to figure out what it, is the inventory really worth what it is if you're going to yeah. leverage the age of the inventory you you know you if you're ready to go through a process like that they are it's it is not easy to go get along we know that yeah. uh, and uh, you have to do a lot to get it it's the same yeah. thing selling the business the one thing is good about companies that are already getting bank loans at that where they have to be reviewed on an annual basis by a cpa firm is they do have their books generally in a little better condition than than people that don't have to have to go through a CPA review every year. Uh, not to say that we haven't run into financials that have been CPA reviewed that are are um, a bit strange to say the least. Mm -hmm. But um, it does it does seem to help a bit. But still, in the end, you know that the value is such a sticking point for so many so many sellers because they don't understand. As you said, they don't understand that that not is it just a um, a sale right now uh, and somebody's just got money they're going to plunk down. I mean, they're going to take a fair amount of the cash flow that that business is generating to pay down debt while they're, while they're running that business, at least for at least the first five years and, and oftentimes longer. Uh, so that is, that is a significant amount of money that goes out the door right away. Mm -hmm. Then you go, okay, how much money do I need to support the business growth, repaying, uh, re, equipment and you know more inventory whatever if i'm going to grow it so there's some extra money i need additional money i need there and then do i have enough money to pay myself or any new staff or other things like that i need to do so these when you look at it from that perspective then you can begin to justify the price that people are willing to pay for a business yeah um i, I actually have a formula that i all put together i call it the price sanity check and okay. you know we look at the price but it's very it's very simple you know you just think about it is flip the table and say i'm the buyer i'm buying this business well, what do i need well you need to know what cash is available out of this business and so once you figure that out because they're uh you know it it, it it not only annually but at the beginning monthly how much cash is available every month you look at that and and the buyer's going to need enough cash that comes from the business and to a pay the debt service pay if he's going to work in the business which most of them do or they'll have if they're investor groups they'll have some they'll be paying somebody to come and run the business yeah. they got to be able to pay themselves 
you know, a good market rate to be a CEO of that company. Yeah. They need to do that. They need to be paid for their time to work in the business. And then they need at least a 10 to 15%, you know, uh, cash available after that to reinvest in the business. Yeah. And, and then, and then, you know, the debt service, you know, you'll be building equity as you pay your debt service down. Um, so you should, you know, I mean, a reasonable investor will say, I, I will put up that money if this is happening and I, I have enough cash to reinvest in the business, pay down the debt. I own this in five years. Yeah. You know, and then, the, you know, they, there needs to be some blue skies. There are opportunities to grow this and all that. Every, every, every buyer tries to do that and come in and do, and, and do better than it's doing. Um, they have to come in and, and improve the business. Um, and it, uh, um, you know, it doesn't always happen. So, you know, that doesn't, they won't pay for that potential when they come and yeah. buy a business, but it will get them to buy it if they think they can do it. So, yeah, yeah, that's you, the, you touched on one thing too. There, right. That potential may close a deal, but growth is so critical to, to the buyer, to the seller. Now I've been in my business for 20 years. I, you know, I've got my houses, my boats, my whatever the heck I want. My business is provided for my kid. My kids are up, you know, everything's, you know, all that kind of stuff is in play or done or whatever. So they're at a point to where they, they, their cash needs may be flat or actually going down as they get older. So they, they really don't need that. But when you look, the buyer comes in, the buyer is totally in the opposite position. They're, mm -hmm. they're going to stretch as far as they can to try to buy that business, knowing almost, and especially if it's a private equity or an investment type buyer, that they have to grow that business to make the return on their investment or make the money they want when they after they bought that business. So owners that allow their business to kind of flatline as they get older are really doing themselves a disservice because in, in our world, when we see flatline businesses, they almost don't sell. Yeah, it's difficult. There's no real reason to do it. I mean, but if there's steady cash generations, obviously there's value to that, you know, yes. um, and there are, um, and there's plenty, there are buyers who are looking for that. It's more conservative. Growth, growth is good. Growth sells company. That's for sure. Everybody likes that. But growth is, um, is a risk too. And that's why owners at that stage don't, don't go for growth. You know, you, yeah. You're taking a risk there. You know, it doesn't always work. And it, and it also costs money. Uh, it's yeah. expensive. You have to be able to fund growth. Um, and that's, but a lot of these buyers, that's what they're looking to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, 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 and that's a good problem for them to solve. <laughs> mm -hmm. Providing the capital they need to grow the company. Whereas the owner who was 100% vested in that business probably, you know, it doesn't have the risk profile to be able to go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to run this thing up 20% year over year. Um, you know, at that, that stage they're making, they're doing just fine what they're doing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't have the, the, the loan that they have to pay or the debt service we're talking about. They're not paying a loan on that business right now. And that's really the, the big difference between a seller and a buyer. The buyer has to pay that loan and that, and you know, even the small loans are a lot every month. Yeah. You know, it comes to yeah. a it just it just it's it, it is what it is, but you just need to understand it as a seller yeah. that you know the business needs to be able to support that, um, and then you know where you're at at that price. If that price if it can't, um, then uh, then then you just work back to, and then you finally get what your number is to exit. <laughs> so you'll work back to where you really truly are. Is again, it has to do with the amount of cash that's available, the free cash flow, 
that comes out of the business that you have to a pay for the business, pay yourself for the work you're going to be doing 40 to 80 hours a week for the next 20 years. And, and, and you, that reinvesting back in the business is working capital. You got to pay for the new equipment you need to grow the company. You need to, you need to cover your, um, you know, your lines of credit. Cause when you start in that business, you're, you're going to have zero cash. You have to have that too. So that's another thing sellers got to um, think about is the buyer's got to, a bring the money to buy the business, but they also have to bring money to run the business. Yeah, so the extra you know amount of cash that that, uh, that they're going to have to come up with. So and it has to, yeah. people people a lot of people forget about that. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So when we when we talk about the process of selling a business, I just back up a little bit onto that and and kind of explain that. So there's a lot of work that comes before you really start selling the business, and that's you know, um, can you kind of run through the steps, you know, the valuation and preparing information and, and those kind of things that, that lead up to that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you know, um, the, the process for selling the business to get ready is, you know, what you're trying to do is you're going to, and this is why it's difficult to work confidentially without telling anybody who, what it is, you're trying to sell something, but you're going to go out there and you're going to give a basic description of the opportunity. And then once we have reviewed it with qualified buyers, they're going to review um, a proposal, an offering package um, that deals. You know, so that, that package has to be developed before we go to market and sell the business. Yeah. Hey, okay, what is it that I'm buying? But the next step is the objective is that is give them enough information about that to go, yeah, I like this opportunity. And then for them to submit an offer and, and, and that's usually in the form of a letter of interest or LOI, which is a non-binding, hey, I like it. I like the opportunity. I'm assuming all this stuff you told me is correct. I will pay this. Here's my terms. But it's not, that's not binding. That's just the first step. Once you lock into that, when we, then we go into the, the diligence period and we're working towards closing that. That we're working with that specific offer exclusively on that same as if you were buying a house you know you got the offer in but the home inspections need to come in you, you know the insurance and, and all that kind of stuff you, it's a very orderly process in the banking it's similar yeah. so all we do is take you know but what the first day after we accepted an offer um, we receive a list uh, from the buyers um, saying okay this is my due diligence agenda I would like to review the financials I would like to re review the detail of it. I would like to see the bank statements. I would like to see, um, you know, the cash flow statements, the projections, the business plan. Um, two, I want to tour the operations. I want to meet the management team. I would like to see uh, the key employees and uh, and review their resumes and maybe potentially talk to them. I want to, you know, I want to look at the equipment if there's technology involved. What's the equipment? You know, I might bring in third party, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, people to look them over because they're on the balance sheet. So what are they really worth and yep. condition are they in and, and, and that stuff. And it just goes on and on. They're going to look at all your paperwork, you know, from the, your articles of incorporation, all the documents, yep. meeting minutes from your formation, all the lawyers are going to want to see that, you know, as part of that and, and how we're structuring the deal. Um, am I missing anything? It, no, I think you're getting through it because it, you know it's, it's are you know six six seven pages long in some cases. Yeah. Um, so what we do is to answer your question is that list you we we might with let's they're some they're all a little different you know some are shorter than others yeah. and some are longer than they need to be 
But, you know, we take that prior to going to market and say, if we can, we need to, we're going to do our diligence before we even go to market in anticipation of it. And it's, it's surprising, you know, how long it takes and how difficult it is. Um, I mean, I've had business owners who've been, you know, great business have been around for, but they can't find their corporation papers. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we had a situation like that in a deal. They couldn't, they couldn't find it because I mean, it was 20, it was 20 done 22 years ago and they, it was in a filing cabinet somewhere. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't find it. Then they had to call the IRS. Yeah. Um, you know, to see if they could get, you know, the, the file, the, you know, just corporate documents that the lawyers need to see. And guess what? The IRS was closed because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> We're just waiting. Uh, you know, and that kind of stuff, it's better to find that out before you go to market and get into a diligence cycle when you are spending a lot of time and stress and, and putting people on it, dial it all up and have it all lined up. So it's ready to go. Um, and the number one thing that, kills a deal is time yeah and, and if you get into a deal and, and you're stuck because there was something they asked for that you don't have um and some of these things can take a long time to fix um or they found a discrepancy in the books we do a, a deep financial review ahead of time because they're sending in auditors and if they found something on the balance sheet that doesn't square out and it doesn't reconcile to your tax return especially if it has to do with inventory um, everything stops and then then third-party auditors come in and then we may have a really bad surprise is we presented the company with inventory at a value of this and it's not even half that maybe we don't even have a deal anymore yeah so. that's, a, that's a great point and that's why why when we're working with clients typically we're gonna do that initial review but if they if they know their books aren't good we we have people that we will bring in um, that will help them get their books right because it's not worth even starting until those books are, are sound because mm -hmm. it's going to kill the deal and no sense going down the road, you know, 10 miles only to find out that you can run out of gas. You got to mm -hmm. make sure that you're ready to go before you get, mm -hmm. get far. And, and that's really, I think the the thing that when you talk about preparation, there's, there's all these things down to the details, you know, if you can't find all your tax records for the last, I'd be ready for five years if you need them. You mm -hmm. probably won't need them that long, but hey, have them ready. But like you said, the things like the the formation documents and if you have just anything, if you have a partnership agreement and it's not written up and you got 40 some percent and they got 50 some percent or whatever the heck the partnership agreement is, they got to know that because at the end of the day, that money gets split up, you know, or or it's just yeah. all yeah, and it's good to find out before you you've done all this work and you're in a deal to find out you have a partner who actually can not agree not to do the deal. Yes, and they can be a minority partner, you know. Um, and we've had that's a that's a terrible surprise to find out, you know, uh, that you had you had a minority partner or something like that who's not even active in the business, and you're you've got a a, a bona fide offer on the table. And you've been working on diligence uh, and heading to closing, and then the partner says, "Well, I don't want to sell." Yeah, yep. you don't want to deal, or you have a lawsuit, you know. So, <laughs> but that's part of the pre-diligence. All these things, you know, we flush that out too. And and it's like it's the same thing a buyer looks for too. They are, they want to know, you know. I mean, they will ask questions. That the partnership one's a, a really good example. They want they're going to make you disclose whether you have third, you know, outside off balance sheet agreements or anything like that um, because, you know, they're not going to pay for that. So, yeah. you know, those, those kind of things that they look at that 
really carefully. Um, and uh, yeah, strange things come up. Well, and you you brought up one that I, that I think that we we find in almost every deal is when you look at legal things like companies getting getting in some sort of legal argument with somebody of some sort doesn't matter if it's 10 years ago and it's been settled you got to make sure you got the settlement papers for those kind of things because for some reason it just happened on the deal we just closed is that they came up with it something that was very old they had to pull out I have deposit slips or some damn thing for it you know but because they found it in the closing process when the escrow people were going through and doing all their their work they find that stuff. So anything. And then we, you know, last year we had somebody with an L&I audit that wasn't closed. And, you know, and you have to figure out what is what is the maximum that that L&I audit could cost you if you're going to try to close this deal while that L&I or any kind of thing like that is yeah. still open because those things will carry forward to the business, too, because there are some liabilities that no matter if you do an asset sale or not, they're still coming out the business. Yeah, any tax liabilities and stuff like that. And escrow, you know, um, there are services and those are good things to, to look at. But um, yeah, I mean, there's, um, you may have liens on your business that you don't even know about. Yep. Um, yep. All the time. And yep. uh, again, it, it's better to find those out too um, you know, beforehand. So it takes a while. It takes a while. That's why I didn't want to spend an hour on this process, but it is something that every single Thing. And no matter how hard we seem to try at the beginning, we inevitably, inevitably still find something in the diligence and closing process that it goes, damn. We but, yeah, like, we I've seen it all, but yeah. I haven't. There's yeah, so exactly. Exactly. So, so that's, that's, uh, that's pretty cool that, that, you know, when you get through that, you try to do your best, but you just can't, you just can't stop it. You can't stop it. Something's going to happen. And and as you say, every deal dies at least three times before it gets done. Sometimes <laughs> more. Hey, there we go. Yeah, Sometimes I got more. Um, I think my phone's ringing, so sorry about that. <laughs> I got to call you back. <laughs> yeah, my phone rang through. <laughs> All right. Very good. Very good. Okay. Well, this is um, this has been cool talking about the diligence and stuff. So when we, yeah, when we get marketing material together and everything, you know, one of the things that that um, sellers often ask is they go, "Oh, have you sold a business like mine before?" Or do you have a lot of buyers in your buyer database? Which, to me, um, we'll talk about the first one, and I want to ask you about that. So if you have never sold a business like this. What really is the relevance in that? Um, Ring it again? Yep. Sorry. I, I don't know. There must be a privacy button, but I haven't been able to figure it out. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. We were <laughs> talking about, about you know. They always say, "Have you sold a business like ours before?" You know, mm -hmm. it could be a, you know whatever kind of business, and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know what is real? Is there really relevancy in that? Well, and then the next answer is um, the question you ask and you talk to them about their business to say, nobody else does is, is like me. Yeah. yeah. That too. We're different. You know, there is no, there is nobody doing what we do in, in our business. And I'm like, well, then that answers your question. No, I've never sold a business like yours because you're unique. Um, not true, but yes, I mean, having some experience in it, I think um, 
in, 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 is important in operating businesses. We are business owners and, and that kind of thing. I, I think it's, it's more than just a financial exercise, so selling your business. Yeah. Uh, but you don't have to be specifically uh, experienced or experts in that industry. Um, you know, it's more about understanding basic fundamentals of business. And, and there are differences between industries, but yeah. uh, deal's a deal, a deal is a deal. And yeah, yeah and, uh, we, you know, so that you, you don't necessarily, and also you, you don't necessarily need um, to work with representatives who only work in your type of industry. Uh, yeah. I've had that benefit uh, to coming from the outside and if you can make me understand it, um, that's, that, that makes it even more saleable as a company. Yeah. You know, if you, no one can understand your business unless you had experience in your industry, um, then that limits the amount of buyers you're going to be having. Yeah. To the, yeah. That is a great point because I, I know, I, I know the, the reason behind the, the question. And it, and it makes sense. And if you read about how to select a someone to help you sell your business, a lot of people put that in there. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think to me, when I talk, when I think about it, I think, does that person have true business sense? Have they really had to operate a business? Because when we talk to sell to, to buyers and sellers, and we're trying to to explain an opportunity to somebody, it's much more about the business opportunity than it is, do I know how a logging mill runs? Or do mm -hmm. I know how a, a, an architecture firm runs? I, I don't. Do I know the opportunity in that business? Can I communicate that opportunity to the buyers accurately and, and in a way that puts the business in a good light? I think mm -hmm. that's more important when I think about it than have you sold one similar to this before? Yeah. Yeah, I think for the most part, people understand that after a while. But, you know, you do need experience. Right. But, you know, generalists are probably, you know, better suited for this than specifically experts. We don't need to run the equipment or run the computer program, but we do need to understand it. Well, and this is a this is something that if someone's listening to this ever, and you know you've got a CPA firm or you've got a law firm or you've got a a you know there are specialized places that sell businesses. Healthcare is a huge one that's got them in there for for healthcare practices and those kind. You really and you said this to me a long time ago. You have to wonder if should you go to a someone to sell your business like that that has a hundred other ones that are similar to you all over and even the yeah, one right down the street from you? Yeah, there are, um, there are uh, intermediaries or brokers that, that specialize in, will only sell, uh, for example, maybe CPA firms or only sell law firms yes. or, you know, they, they'd stay in their specific industry. Um, yeah. The only issue I have with that is um, if you got, uh, if you got you know six law firms to sell and you come in and go on to sell them, you know which one you know get you start getting a buyer in. Which one do you show them? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good that's a good point. And and I was thinking about it from a different standpoint. If you have those same six there, which one is the buyer going to look at? They're going to look at the best performing one out of the bunch. If you're yeah. the leader of the pack, then maybe it's a good thing to do. Yeah. But if you're not, I, I, I don't struggle. know. Yeah, I do struggle with that. I don't understand how. I don't know how I would do it. So that way. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a question to think about for sure. 
And then I think when when um, people talk about buyer databases, I really think that's an antiquated thing. We get, we get asked a lot. Do you have a lot of buyers in your database? You know, if if anybody knows what they're doing in in any business anymore, uh, you can reach people. You can yeah. know, you can find buyers, and especially in our in our world, we're we're trying to reach professional buyers or investment buyers or people that are, you know, that are going to be at that range. I mean, if they don't have large, uh, I wouldn't say large databases, but if they're not pretty savvy from a marketing and data standpoint and, you know, and different things and having, you know, and I don't want to say just because of us, but if you don't have a fairly large network on places like LinkedIn, where you've got a lot of professionals that you can reach out to when you need to do do something like this, or you have other marketing methods that you use that help to extend your reach to mm -hmm. find more buyers. I think that's more critical than I've got 10,000 buyers on my list because mm -hmm. those buyers were on your list at one time, mm -hmm. but they're only buyers for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And well, and if, they are, if they are buyers for a long time, they're not really buyers. Yes. Uh, if they've been for a business, you know, to buy for more than two years. Um, and I asked that question, you know, I don't think they're, the chances are they're never going to get a business bought. Uh, yeah. And there's reasons for that too. So there's good buyers and there's bad buyers and you can have a database full of names. Um, and it, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, people who've expressed interest are, you know, are, are, are actively shopping around for a business. The internet's a great thing, you know, so it's really about getting, you know, the opportunity out there and, and exposed because, um, you know, uh, and you have to be proactive to do that. Um, and you have to have the reach to be able to do that too, because uh, there are listing sites. And I think in our industry, a lot of buyers will use, you will just post the opportunity on the internet and just wait for the phone to ring. Yeah. Uh, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. I've sold companies that way as well. You need to do that, but you also need to do extensive research on, on, uh, on strategics and those people you know, are not actively going on listing sites to look for opportunities. But they want to buy businesses. It makes sense for them to do it. But, you know, somebody's got to reach out and notify them. Yeah. And there's, there's ways to do that, whether it's targeted. But it's research and it's hard work um, and uh, the social media um, and, and that kind of stuff. We have a, a good reach for that. And it's really about them getting getting their attention um, yeah. and teaching them, too, that buying, you know, uh, get, getting the word out that buying a business is a really good strategy for you uh, to for your growth, like the big boys do. So, um you know, it, it's it's a good message. Again, it's like back to what we started here talking about at the beginning. It's get I prefer is get as much information about the buying process out there as possible, because it, it's it, that's the part that kills. You know, that makes uh, deals unsuccessful or don't happen because people are, you know, if they don't have information, then it's too much risk. Yeah, and that's the bottom line. The more they know, the better. The more power you have, the better you know. The more deals are going to happen, yes. and more good deals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, so we, we talked a little bit about the, the preparation, the value, value you know, and, and the marketing materials and, and you know, vetting the buyers and something, those kind of things and, and, and the diligence process. I think really the, the you know, we're getting about to the time here, but I think that the real thing is, is that sellers of the businesses need to really they have to find somebody that's going to sell their business that they think and 
no like I, I should I don't really want to say no like and trust because it's said a lot of ways, but man, it's a hard process. So if you're gonna be um, going through something tough, you really want to imagine yourself going through something tough with that person. Yeah. Because yeah. it is gonna be tough. You gotta ask that question because this is this is gonna be about a year and a half um, or a year working hard together. Yeah. Um, uh, really, really closely together. Um, and, you know, I mean, you, and I'm going to be, you know, if I'm representing you properly, I'm going to, you're going to be sharing information we, you probably don't even share with your spouse or your priest. Yeah. Yeah. I need yeah. to know it all. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and you got to feel right about it too. I mean, we do the same thing too, because we can't do this for you. You know, we're in it together. Um, and, you know, it's, it, you just, you know, um, you, you spend your diligence, do your diligence ahead of time before you decide to go work together on selling the company to make sure that, you, that you're the right fit. Because we're going to be, we're going to be going hard at it for for a, a good long while. And you, you mentioned you 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 made you commented on one thing. I think is really really key. If if you talk like with us when we talk to businesses that want to sell we probably actually end up helping one out that same one out of five or something like that mm -hmm. because of one reason or another. Um, and it very seldom does it come down to, you know, we lost on selection, but it does happen. There are other, it's, once in a while they do that. But I, I do, I do think that that's one of the things that, that really plays into our decision in that a lot is, you know, do we, do we really think that that's somebody that, or a business that we truly can sell, not just list. Mm -hmm. it, we're not in the listing business. I mean, we're not in the list and pray business. I mean, we're in the sell business. We, and and that's one of the things that I think that is a good question for a, a business owner to ask when they talk to somebody about selling a business. It's like, how many businesses do you list and how many businesses do you sell? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, sure. Are people that are out there just going? I, I want all the listings I can get. And well, you know, if you, I mean, it's a numbers game, and because yeah. of the low low odds, they will take all comers. Um, and when I say that, it's like they would, you know, they would take a business and list it that I probably wouldn't, because for a, I don't think there's a high probability this one is going to be. It's not going to sell in its current condition. Now we can talk about fixing that. Yeah, but you got to go back and, and and do some some work to get it there. Whether it's not producing enough revenue, whether there's you know uh, the price, the pricing is important, and the owner wants a price that's really, you know, and, and 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 some brokers will take the listing no matter what. You know, even if it, it's just unrealistic for what the owner, you know, the client wants to sell that business for, and because there's a one in five chance, so they're going to need five listings to get to make a little money. Yeah, and that's yeah. that. Or they get, you know, if they want to do five deals a year, they're they're going to need to list twenty, because um, yeah. you know that's that's weak. Um, uh, it it doesn't serve anybody well, I think, too, because the business owners, um, you know, need to understand what what is doable. Let's let's, let's be real about it, and uh, the uh, um, it it figure out, you know, what it is also want to throw it there because it it, it is wasting your time. As a business, it, that's the big yeah. thing. They'll be around another year or two, and then, yeah. and then pretty soon you're up against. Boy, I really am tired, and I need to retire, and I maybe I got some health problems now, and yeah. then you're falling into the the tragedy 
um, that, that, that you built a really good business for a long time. Um, and, and at the end, you know, that's a tragic ending. Um, you know, that's the only chance, that's the only thing you can do, you know, or something like that. And that's, that is, that is truly a sad thing to see when, when you, when you do that. And because it is, it is, it is a tremendous waste of the owner's time, because even if you, if, if you know, if you can't sell your business, there are, there are a lot of other things you can do to maximize your money out of that business, the time that you can run it and close it down in an orderly fashion. Mm -hmm. rather than, because let's, let's face it. If you, if you decided to sell your business because someone just said they would list it, and you had two people have said, hey, you're not going to sell your business. And one person said, oh, I got buyers that buy this all day long. Well, I'll, I bet the two people out of three are probably right. Yeah. yeah. Now, let's see. I'm in that situation. I'm going to go out and take that chance. Mm -hmm. I can't do the things that we would help an owner do or an owner could do if they were going to do it, go into an orderly, orderly liquidation two years down the road, because I'm going to degrade the performance of the business while it's on the market. Mm -hmm. And it's going to make my chances even worse. So all you're doing is in, is lengthening your time until the inevitable. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it, you can make a lot more money if you, if you just step back and say, my business isn't sellable. I either I'm going to make the changes to make it sellable or I'm going to, make the, i'm going to run this business knowing that i have a finite date that i'm going to get out of this thing mm -hmm. and get as much money out of it as i can while i'm here yeah for sure yeah cool well i you know i think it's it's always cool talking talking this and and, and people that that uh, are listening to this probably don't realize that we talk about shit like this every single day <laughs> got any questions they yeah can, well yeah, we reach out, talk to us where we're because, like I said, I'd like uh, get out as much information out there as possible. That helps everybody. Yeah, to share the experience with it, the process. If you don't want to understand it, if you understand value, um, you know, the more the more people know, the better. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, thanks a lot, Andrew, and I, I hope that uh, anyone listening gets a little benefit from it. We'll be back again next uh, Tuesday with. I don't even know the guests for next week, but we got some guests that are probably more engaging than us. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but this is a good time. And thanks a lot, everyone, and we will talk soon.